Thank you so much. Bless you, music team, worship team, always um, sensing as you go and being brave and jumping. Um, I'm just going to turn today on its head and do announcements at the end. Is that all right? Might just keep going in other ways that we're going. Um, so my name's Amy, one of the pastors here. Hello, hello. Was that Kelvin? Even behind a mask, I can tell when my brother calls out to me. Um, it's lovely. If I haven't met you before, we look forward to connecting with you. Hopefully afterwards we have morning tea together. We're going to try and finish um, more of an 11-ish today rather than 11.30, just as um, parents are looking after kids without us having a program. But just know you can use the foyer at, at any time if you need to. Um, there's some games on tables and things like that, just if you're needing multiple spaces. If you're an adult and you're needing a multiple space, you just have to stay here and listen to us. Just teasing. <laughs> but yeah, just make yourselves at home um, at any stage. There's a, a water tap even on the, info, on the counter where the coffee machine is if you need water at any time. Just make yourselves at home. Well, um, last week, uh, Greg Lake and Esther Young and myself were up here and we were sharing more about the vision of Lilia Haven, which is our upcoming residential program for uh, women who need a life recovery. It's been a call on our church for some years now to do this. Um, have some of you um, been able, I hope, to listen to last week if you weren't here? Just know that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on uh, YouTube and on Facebook and Instagram, we share um, things from that we've taped from our weeks together. So to do try and track with us. Um, did you hear last week that the clips we, that we even played of the prophetic words that have been spoken over our community? So we he played part of Bob Hazlitt's prophetic word over Paradox Church. He's an American prophet that we trust and, and love, and it was an honour to meet with him here in Perth, um, as well as another one from the East Coast. I always forget his name. Uh, Gary Morgan was the other word, thank you, that we shared. We might share with you the fuller prophetic words at some stage and just put them on our, on our pages, but I hope it was encouraging to hear last week even the call that's on this church. We seem to be completely in time. Do you remember what Gary Morgan was saying? There's a season for growing, but then there's a season for fruiting. And we feel like we're entering that season now where it's a season for fruiting. Yes, we are all individually fruiting. We're all part of this. Um, but I just wanted to be brave and just consolidate the, the mission and the heart of this church. I'm sure a lot of you are relieved to know this is not a gang that comes together on a Sunday for two hours and ticks that off. We have no desire to be a striving, performance-oriented Sunday morning where we just have a good service, and that's kind of it. This community has a call, and it's a call that will cost us and kind of cost us everything in a good way, not in a burnout-for-the-kingdom way, not in a at the sake of my children way, in a good cost call. He's given us a vision for this region. This community has been given a regional mandate and it's a seven day a week mandate to adopt this region, to adopt in particular, yes, a bunch of you have come down from Perth. It's amazing when we have gatherings, but in particular, Rockingham and the Peel and Mandra, he's given us a regional mandate to take ownership of 
of this place in a spiritual way, in a prayer way, that cost, that takes effort, that takes energy. Those of you who are maybe even new here and you're quite intercessory or you're quite you pray, you're prayer people, you can sense what's going on even in the atmosphere and prophetically, you might have felt there's there's it's a bit weighty around here. Like he has really given a mandate to do some work when it comes to the prophetic, when it comes to the spiritual realm, and it costs a lot. Some of you it costs you in the night. It costs you if you're burden bearers and you pick things up with your heart, with your emotions, because you're picking up stuff, but it's not you because you've just chosen to join this community. And there's actually quite a regional mandate when it comes to prayer and intercession and just loving on Jesus and lifting His name higher. It costs us to carry that mandate as a church. He's also given us a mandate to adopt this region in practical ways, in in active ways, not only to be connecting with each other during the week, which for some of us can even be a stretch, but to live lives where we're missional, which can cost us if we have to intentionally practice looking for those avenues on our street, with our neighbour, with people that we work with, with cafes we go to, with petrol stations we go to, to be aware of the kingdom coming, to be bringing the kingdom, to be walking through the shops and praying and releasing the kingdom into places. That takes energy, it takes intentionality, but to be part of this community is to accept that actually there's quite an active, intentional mandate on this community and it's going to take all of us to be all in with both feet and it takes a cost and I just want to keep acknowledging the excitement and the honour of the cost. It's an honour to be chosen by the Lord to continue to bring His kingdom until He comes back. You know, there's work to be done between salvation and, he- and going to heaven. Yeah? yeah? There's a work. And His kingdom is just beginning. There's a lot more to come. It's going to cost us because the people that we're missional to, which is a high honour, it's the one that's on His heart through the crew. There's practical involvement through the crew that'll cost us time-wise, financially, with Lilia Haven, with anything else He brings our way. Maybe crew, Mandra, you know, there's very, there's more to go. There's multiplication. We do feel that even with Lilia Haven, we're going to be a prototype for churches to know how to have inner healing within their churches, how to have ministries like Elijah House Ministries, there's other types, in their churches to know how to have that on the inside and then to have a refuge where some of that's being walked out safely and professionally and to have places where people are getting relief aid even though there's nothing we require back from them, especially not so long as you receive Jesus, literally because we're bringing the Kingdom and then to help other churches know how to do likewise. Please don't just think what we're doing presently. We feel like we're developing prototypes to walk other churches through how to do the likewise. Churches will be looking for the keys and the tools, and we've come across these tools and these keys, but that comes with a responsibility. These inner healing tools, these how to share missionally, the deliverance tools, to be safe and professional and look after people when we set the captives free. But the Lord is like, please, can you go and set the captives free? Go and heal the sick. Yeah, so there's a requirement on all of us to continue to stretch out through insecurity. I'm just dot, 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 so I'll stay small and private. But to really go, we're the loaves and fishes people. The Lord chose little old us and we're gonna just join hands and get up and be around and be present and track with Sunday messages if you're ever not here. And it really is like herding cats when you're trying to move a community through and everyone's not tracking and keeping up times because of COVID and ISO and different things that, we, that we're going through, if we're not tracking as we go, it's like herding cats. So to just be like, I'm, I'm in, which means it costs if I'm in, but I'm out. 
it impacts the community if I'm in, but I'm out. So let's, I'm just encouraging you as we keep going forward and introducing us finally to what's been a four and a half year vision towards Lilia Haven. We're actually getting into the end zone. And so that is not a pressure that is not an expectation and demand and that you're required of. It's not a control thing, but there's an invitation to go, literally, Lilia Haven belongs to me. It belongs to God, it belongs to Jesus. But every single person here gets to say, it's actually mine. It's not paradox. You are the church. There's no such thing as a building that's named paradox. It actually belongs to you. And you get to have complete ownership of it. And your involvement might be prayer. It might be practically volunteering. You might come in once a week and teach girls how to bake. You might wanna go, I wanna come and teach them how to sew. I wanna teach them that when they get their kids back, this is how you do a birthday party. Because some of them have never been mothered and how to just do that for their children. You might go, I wanna come and help with a community garden. I wanna come and I wanna paint some walls. I want to come and I just want to pray. I want to learn how to do prayer ministry safely and carefully so we can walk women through some of their healing. I want to be a counsellor that gets employed. I want to be staff. Or you might go, I want to fund financially. I'm going to find more and more people to fund them financially. What we're going to hear about is that we've learned the hundreds of thousands it takes to get an individual free. When it comes to, some people will not get free because of the level of generational stuff unless it's residential, unless they get out of the toxic, drug-riddled family houses that they're in where everything is toxic and generational toxicity. And if they don't get out and actually get amongst a loving family and they learn safety for the first time, and then it takes months. It takes us months to change strongholds of thought. It takes time and months and energy and money. And this can never be something where you watch the dollars that it's taking because it's a money pit. We have to go, it's a calling. And that's whether we give or not because we're called to give or not financially. We just have to know, Lord, you, obviously it's gonna be stewarded excellently, but it can't be, it can't be, is this girl worth it financially? It has to be, there's a call here and we're gonna get behind these women and set generational lines free, yeah? So just, we very rarely use a Sunday to talk finances, even though it's not a dirty word, hallelujah. It's not a dirty word, it's a kingdom word. It's a kingdom word, it's a kingdom concept, it's a glorious word. Um, and, and we rarely use Sundays to do anything about it. And so, but today we proudly come here to talk about money and we proudly come here to talk about what's needed for Lilia Haven, which we've learned that it takes over a million dollars, sometimes $2 million per year to have a residential program for people coming free, whether it's a government one or a private one. That's major. And then as most of you know the story, this property got bought for us by a business family who believed in the prophetic word that they heard on, by audio of, over our church. And they bought this property for our use for this thing. So we've never even had to do a building fund and everything because we don't own this. It was bought because they believe in mostly the prophetic words about the Lilia Haven and the getting the women free and literally were like, we will cost our family and our businesses so that this church can do what's called for them to do. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. Yeah. And they've continued to give because even the building renovations are continuing to be by them because they own it. You know, as, a, as an owner of a property would do, the rental people, you know, 
this is broken and the owner. It's incredible the amount that they believe in us loaves and fishes people to do what the Lord has called us to do. But we're getting to a time where now actually the money we're going to raise is needed for the program, not the renos. It's needed for the program. It's needed for mugs. It's needed for beds. It's needed for glassware. It's needed for sheets. It's needed for staffing so that it's a safe, safe place. And already we've been given half the amount we need. We've been given $500,000 already to boost us towards opening the program. That's not even the renovations. The Lord is really on this. Like that is in, it just doesn't match up. Who puts money into something that is not showing fruit yet? Who puts that kind of money into a vision and not outcomes that are working, that are proving themselves so when we're actually looking for this last amount that we need, which is minimum 130000 to open out of the million, that's how much we've got left to go. It's minimum one thirty at skeleton staffing. It's maximum if we got closer to three hundred, we could have full staffing, all the setup things, but we're just going to go with the Lord. And you're going to hear a bit about it in a minute. But when we are putting into the last bit to open, which we hope will be 30th of May, if we get there financially, we're actually still going, will you put into a vision? And will you put into a prophetic word, multiple prophetic words? And will you put into what the Lord has put on this church? That's a big ask to put into vision. That's putting into the Lord's dream. It's not, two years, in two years time, it'll be a lot easier to ask people to sponsor because they'll put into the, what the fruit that they can see, yeah? There's a lot more trust and all these women and the changed lives and we'll have testimonies that we'll have on the internet and all this fruit will show. It's really a big ask to put money into a vision. That takes a lot of trust. That takes a lot of trust in me and in this church and in Esther and those of us who are gonna be leading this. But we're asking for your trust and we're asking for your help. We're asking you to generate conversations with others you might know or people at your work or or family members who love to put in towards something. And we're asking that you to trust the Lord with this thing because everything else has worked so far and the timing is bang on so far. So we're asking, let's just keep trusting and go the last two months. Okay? And don't hear it as in, if these people here don't raise the 130, well, it's on you, we're not opening. I'm not saying that at all. We know that across the world, because we'll put this out, publicly across the world together the Lord will raise that amount you're just part of what's being invited into that so don't feel a pressure on you that I'm not placing on you okay um so Brad and Lisa have had COVID uh this week so they haven't um been around we haven't seen them for a while um and Greg Lake has gone on two weeks of leave that he has spent two years trying to get on off off that amount of leave and so he's gone down south um and they're the two, my two brothers who helped me run the Transformation Centre. But both of them this week have just recorded a word to us about this time we're in and about the funds that we're going to raise. So Greg Lake actually oversees the business end in particular of Lilia Haven. He's well trained in that, been a business manager, business owner. He's into policies. He's, he understands the whole business end and the law. And he has just been such a gift to us and a safeguard in this area. So he's just going to share his heart with us first. Um, and then just know at morning tea today, if any of you missed out on being able to walk through the new Lilia Haven rooms that are partially set up, um, Esther would love to take you on a walk through and just know that there'll be a tour available during morning tea. Are we okay? Okay, so let's listen to um, what Greg's going to say. I'd just like you to grab the flyers that were left on the chairs because he's going to refer to those flyers. If anyone needs a flyer, just pop your hand up because, um, or look to the sides of you and they'll probably be on the chairs. 
So the front of that is just a bit more of information about what Lilia Haven is, which if this is your first time, you might not have heard of Lilia Haven before. It's, yeah, four and a half years worth of working towards this as a community and a dream of the Lord's. And then at the bottom of that, by the way, Jude Young, is he here? Where's Jude? There you are. Thank you for putting these flyers together for us this week. Yes. Jude came in and donated some of his time to help with this, and we're just so grateful for you, Jude. Um, it's saying Lilia Haven opens 30th of May, so end of next month, we'll have the first, we imagine one bed, two bed, it'll take a trickle, three bed, month later we'll have maybe four, maybe five, so it'll open slowly, and the first cottage is called Bethany, and that's the one that'll open first, which we'll walk you through today if you haven't seen it. Then there's further stages further down um, of our various things that will open, hoping by the end of next year to have this block of dorms here open as transitional units for women who are half in the program and half back in jobs or with their children and being participators in society and actually confidently paying bills so that by the time they go back to living in society, they don't fall and weren't equipped enough to be good participating members of society. So that's the last stage by the end of next year. On the back, this is more what Greg's just going to refer to as he shares with us, the ways to give her all in the corner. But along the chart there, there's orange, then there's a uh, beige colour, then there's the black, then there's the grey. Those are the stages of finances that we have raised so far. And that at the end you'll see is how much we need to raise to finish. So that's the journey, that's the story. Um, that orange part is what's come just even just from a family that believes in us. Um, you'll hear about the beige part. And so the women themselves will also be contributing towards their pay almost all of their Centrelink fortnightly goes into paying for their own recovery, which is amazing. And we do that in partnership with Centrelink. So that income will come. Greg has spent years working for the crew and soul. And he is aware of how many uh, council and public grants he can get within a year. So there's an amount here that he knows we can raise from the outside that we've put in there because that's his experience for a few years now. And then you'll see the little dotted line. If we get 130 more, we can open on the 30th of May. So across the world, we will together raise minimum 130. That includes um, even us as overseers doing some of the nights, doing the day shifts, doing like we don't have, we can't afford proper full staff. That's doing its skeleton. That's not setting it up completely practically if we get 130, but we can open at least the bones of the place. If we get over 130, whatever we grow up to 300,000, that's when we can get then full staff, full setup within the kitchen, full setup. So we want to 300 maximum, but if we get 130, we can open. So that just explains that goal. Um, but I believe we can do it in God somehow, maybe even amongst three people um, across the world somehow, but the Lord's going to do it. So you ready to hear a bit more? Yeah, we're proud to share more with you. So let's welcome Greg. Thank you. Hey church, sorry I can't be with you today. I'm currently lazing on the beach down at Bustleton getting a much needed holiday in before Lilia Haven ramps up. Now I hope most of you were here last week. If not, I'd encourage you to get the podcast or the YouTube video that talks about really the progression of Lilia Haven to the point we're excited to announce that we're opening on May 30. Yeah, only in just over two months time, we're going to see a whole bunch of women start to come through the doors of Lilia Haven, having their lives completely changed for the glory of God and with the power of Jesus. We're going to see women that have come from brokenness or trauma. Maybe their marriage is broken up. 
Maybe they've been in depression. Maybe they've had battles with addiction or homelessness over the years. But all of those things come under the power of the name of Jesus and the love of people that follow him. And so Lilia Haven is going to be about seeing the transformation of women where the outcome is not just that they get through a program. Do you know what? Most rehabs in Australia, success for them is three months of staying in the program. Not about whether they go back to addiction or go back to brokenness or whether their lives are changed. Success for us is not about their time in the program. It's about what happens after the program. So we really believe that as our lives are transformed, we're going to see the complete change. We're going to see history be broken. We're going to see generations of brokenness change with the women that come in. So we're going to see marriages restored. We're going to see children brought back into the family. We're going to see women that can hold down jobs, women that can maintain a healthy relationships, women that can see uh, jobs, stable jobs, women that restore brokenness. So they'll restore their relationship with their parents that maybe they've hurt or offended along the times. So they were restored relationships with their kids that maybe they've neglected. But ultimately, the core of what we want to do is we want to see them find their identity in Christ. We want to see them really understand what their identity is as a loved daughter and to get the freedom that comes through Jesus. Because we know as uh, followers of Jesus that brokenness, uh, oppression, uh, all of those things that hurt and pain and shame, all of those things that are not from God, there's the things that Jesus wants to give us freedom from. So we want to see those that are just really living outside of who God created them to be, coming back into the place of understanding that they are loved and living in wholeness and health. And I know if I was a guy, I'd be saying, hey, I want to get into that program. I am a guy. If I was a girl, I want to say I want to get into that program. And I know many of you will be wanting and wishing for that place of knowing who you are in Christ and that identity. So as we go on the journey with the women, uh, I'd love it just for you guys to go on that same journey, get into the Word, get into your DNA groups and understand what it means to be a loved child of God and how to live that identity out in our relationships, in marriages, with your children as parents, in your jobs, in those connections with people in the community. And so we really want to... and want to believe for the transformation of women. Now that's going to start May 30. We're excited about that. We launched last week and we took people on tours. I think they may be doing some tours today while I'm down at Bustleton. They'll be doing the hard yards, doing some tours. So it's really exciting and I hope that you can get behind this. Get behind this in prayer. Come and volunteer. There's lots of things to do to get us set up to have Lilia Haven open. There's lots of renovations, lots of painting, lots of purchasing of things. All of those things need people involved to get them to come to pass. And also what brings us to the point of today is really saying, hey, God has been so gracious to us. There's a massive vision that we have. You've all got these flyers that I've been screwing up. You've all got a flyer and it talks briefly about the vision. I know many of you have heard such a bigger picture of that vision but behind that vision, behind that prophetic word, behind that dream is actually a big cost. Like it's costing us around a million dollars a year to run a professional, full-staffed, 
full fit out, full programs and services program to see the transformation of up to 14 women in the program at any one point in time. Now, when I first heard that number, I was the one that worked it out. When I first saw it, I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of money. But do you know what price do we pay on the transformation of lives? And so Lilia Haven, I know Amy shared in the past, Lilia Haven means God is abundance. Now, God is abundance in every area. He's not just abundance in finances. He's abundance in transformation. He is abundance in seeing redemption. He's abundance in healing. He's abundance in peace and all those other areas. God is abundance. But what we're believing for is the abundance that it takes to see Lilia Haven open. Now, as part of that abundance, we've already seen it starting to flow through. You know, there was a, there's a family that just really believes in this vision that have given well over $500,000. You'll see that on the sheet. The first little section talks about $490,000, which is what they've given to Lilia Haven. Plus, there's a whole stack of other money they've been giving through the crew uh, and see the rest of the renovations of the church buildings. Isn't that just an amazing blessing of God? And for us, that's really confirmation of his favor and his yes behind Lilia Haven. So next on the list, if you're following through with this card, it talks about the 127,000. This is a participants program fee. So uh, we really believe that there should never be a barrier to someone entering the program, especially a financial barrier. There should never be a financial barrier to a woman engaging with the program. Many rehabs out there charge a fortune for someone to enter through the program. Uh, we want that to be just based on what they get. So everyone that comes through the program is entitled to Centrelink benefits. So our costs are just inside that Centrelink benefits. Most women will pay around $250 to $300 a week to be in the program. That covers their things like food and bills and electricity and a bit of rent. But to run a program that's fully staffed and serviced with programs, uh, with equipment, with all of those things, the resources that are need to run the programs, that's where the extra cost is that we need to raise to run the program. So the 127000 is what we believe is needed for the first, what we believe will get in for the first 14 months of operation. So that's from their fees that they give. And next is 106000 so as part of when I've created the budget for Lilia Haven, we know that as we open, donations, fundraising, all of that is going to be so much easier. Really right now, we're asking people to invest into a vision. Now that's going to come through relationship and our churches and that as we open and as we're established, we really believe that donations are going to be easier and easier to get because we start seeing the transformation of lives. We start seeing the testimony of women that have come out of brokenness into health. The testimony is what changes things. Now, I talked about last week, the women of the well. I'm just keep checking the time, make sure I keep on track. So the women of the well, uh, she's out fetching water. Jesus comes up to her and talks to her and says something about living water. And it's like, you're drinking water. It's ne never going to, that's going to keep running out. I'm going to give you water. That's the living water that you're never going to get thirsty again. And she says, hey, I want that water. He goes on to start really sharing words of knowledge about her life, that she's gone through a number of failed relationships and eventually now she's in one and the person won't marry her. Just those few words of knowledge transformed her in a way 
that she came back to her town telling everyone about it. It changed her life and it changed the town's life that a good portion of that town was saved just through that knowledge. And then Jesus and the disciples go and hang out in that town and they, they really start seeing discipleship actually play out. But it was the, that original word that was changing the town. Now imagine not just being seen and heard, but being discipled. Imagine the change that's going to make. And that's the difference between what's going to happen in our program and maybe what might happen in other programs. Women are going to come in, they're going to feel loved and seen and heard, exactly what we do at the crew and what sets ourselves apart from other organisations. As people feel seen and known and heard, they feel loved and valued. Now, the crew only does food and clothing relief, but even just through the being seen and heard and known and loved, we're becoming one of the biggest organisations in our city for that purpose. Just the fact that someone would sit down and spend some time with someone really changes a life. Now imagine if that just wasn't once a week, but imagine if that was every day, that you had people investing into you, sowing into you, showing you who you are, showing you you are loved, taking you on a journey of healing and transformation, hearing your stories of brokenness, and introducing them to Jesus that is the healer, that is the one that doesn't just know and see, but disciples and brings about the full change of someone's identity into the fullness of who he created us to be. Now imagine that happening of being seen and known, and that's what we're investing into. So as people are seen and known and they get to walk out their identity, we really believe that donations are going to be far easier to happen. But right now, there's no testimony, there's no program, and so we're just sharing a vision of transformation. And we'd love for you to get behind that. Now, the 106,000 is what we believe is going to happen over the next year. But to get to the next year, we need the now, and that's the shortfall. So the next part on your program, you'll see the 130,000. We talked about this 130,000 last week. Now, the 130,000 is needed for us to open. It sounds like 130,000. I don't have it in my pocket I know many of you don't have 130000 to give, but I believe that each of us that gives what God's calling us to give, that would sacrifice for that. Now, God says that we should be good stewards of our money. He talks about a number of different things about bags of gold or, or uh, bags of gold um, and the talents. And he says about being good stewards. And I believe, like, as a family, we put in place maybe 10 years ago that we were going to be really good stewards and now uh, probably around six or seven year ago, years ago we put in that we weren't just going to tithe on our income we're actually going to set aside money to be generous you know because generosity although it comes from the heart the heart often takes obedience to get to and so for us obedience is what gave us a heart of generosity so now for us as a family we're going to give considerably into this hundred thirty thousand. But that comes from a practice of being obedient. So as part of what we're doing with this 130,000, we're asking you to be obedient to what God's calling you to give. Now, we're not using manipulation. It's not as though you give a dollar and you're going to get 10 or anything like that. It's just about obedience. Now, a lot of the time in the, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Jesus talks about obedience. And he says, if you love me, 
be obedient to my teaching. If you love me, then do what I said. If you love me, then do what I did. And each time you'll see repeated as you read through the Gospels, Jesus talks about obedience and obedience and obedience. And I really believe giving and generosity is about obedience. It's about responding to God and who he is, recognizing where my income has come from and saying, no, God, if you call me to give an amount, God, I'm going to give that in obedience, not knowing where the gap is between what I need and giving from that place to something else. I'm going to trust you for what, for what I'm missing out on, God, and I'm going to believe you for that. But aside from that, I believe obedience is so key to a form of worship towards God. As we sacrifice, God honours us in that place. And so I believe as those, as fellow Christians that are committed to Jesus and following him wholeheartedly, that donations are a part of that, of giving sacrificially as part of that. So I encourage you to be in prayer this week of saying, God, what are you calling me to give? What, how are you calling me to sacrifice? And I believe God's going to reveal that to you. For some of you, that may be $5 and that's what he's asking. For some of you, it may be $20,000. That's between you and God and him calling you to give into that space. Now, all of those donations that you choose to give, a nice benefit is they're tax deductible. So you do get some back on your tax. Um, But aside from all of that, aside maybe from what you can afford or what you're going to get back or what God's going to bless you, I encourage you just wholeheartedly to step out in obedience because I've seen the fruit in my own life. Our family's seen the fruit from that obedience. And I encourage you to start saying, God, I'm going to step out in obedience to you, even if there's no return for that obedience. So that's um, part of the 130,000 is what we need to get started. So it allows us in our full budget, which is the 853,000 you see on there, is the full budget is uh, what we need to have minimum staff, minimum fit out, minimum setup, minimum program resources. That just gets us there. It gets the door open. It gets the women coming in. And it's not a perfect setup. It's not perfect staffing. It's all of us giving over and above. It's some of our staff doing a lot of the night shifts. Um, That's what we can do to get open. Because we really believe in the transformation and us being good stewards of what God's given us of the 850 grand or so is us opening even though it's not perfect. And we're going to actually believe and trust God for that 130,000 together. So I ask that you would be in prayer, stand in faith and believe that God's going to see this come to pass as each of us give that we're going to see $130,000 come by mid-May, so we're aiming for mid-May to have all of these funds in so that we can open on the 30th of May. Now, we've also included in there, I guess, uh, Stephen Furtick in one of his books talks about audacious faith or big, hairy, audacious goals. Now, part of that is that we actually want to see a full program with full resources, with full staffing, which is going to see the full health, full case management. It's going to see the best outcome for the women And we really believe that God wants to do the best work. He doesn't want us to do the half-hearted work. He doesn't want us to do just enough. He wants us to do the best work to see the most transformation, to see the quickest recovery, 
to see marriages restored, lives come back together, kids reunited with their parents. That's our $1 million goal. So the $1 million, just over $1 million gets us to full staffing, full programs, full fit out, where we're fully functioning in the way that I believe God has given us the vision for and the resources for. Now that's not wasting, we're not on high salaries, no one's on salaries over $100,000 or things like that. We're actually just in the trenches, doing the hard yards, getting enough to feed our families, and that's how we're seeing it happen. And we wanna see the transformation. And so all of us are committed to it. We love for you to commit with us to that goal. Now, as I end, I wanna share two other things that I talked about last week. Now, God calls us to love. He says that Jesus was asked about the two, the one greatest commandment. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. And then he says, and the second is like it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Now, one of the passages, one of the, the Pharisees is saying, well, who is my neighbor? See, religion says, what is the least I can do to please God? Now, if you read through the Gospels, you'll see that every time Jesus is challenged on a least amount, he takes it to the next level. He says in the, in the Old Testament, it says, do not murder. And he said, under the new covenants, actually don't think nasty thoughts about people. And so Jesus always takes it to the next level. And so with, when he's asked about what is a neighbor, Jesus knows what they're thinking and they're wondering, what's the least I can do to fulfill this commandment of God's? And Jesus goes on to explain that it was about the story about the Good Samaritan. It was the least likely person that helped the least likely people that we would ever desire to help. So it wasn't the, the religious leader or the Pharisee. It wasn't the wealthy person. It was the one that just said, no, I'm someone that can help. And that person, regardless of what they've gone through, regardless of whether they deserve my help, I'm going to choose to help them. So over this next week, as you're thinking and praying about supporting Lilia Haven, I'd encourage you to be thinking about the women that are going to come through the program. You know, many of these women have been rejected by our community. They've been rejected by their family. They've been rejected by their kids. Many of those things they've gone through might have happened to them. On the other side, many of those choices they've made were their own choice. But do you know what? Jesus is the one that would come and hang out with those same people. He was the one that would come and hang out with society's rejects. He was the one that came out with the people that the Christians hated or the religious people hated. They're the people that Jesus has called us to. So as you're thinking and praying about, think I want you to be thinking about the individuals, the, the women that are going to come into the program. Think about what their stories might be and ask God to give you a heart for those women. Not so that you would give more, but that so you'd understand the reason behind the giving. Now, over the last sort of four or five years as I've been involved with the crew, I've heard story after story after story after story of women coming in, some with their kids, some that have lost their kids. I would say probably 60% of the women I come across at the crew have probably lost their kids. That's just the reality of the situations that happen as a result of choices that they've made. Now, we believe in the transformation of that. But every single time I hear their story, 
I've grown in my heart for realising, no, there's someone that Jesus loves. There's someone that Jesus calls a daughter. In that section um, in the Bible, I think it's Matthew 25 or so, where Jesus is talking about, um, sorry, Matthew 22, I think it is, where Jesus is saying, whatever you did, the least of these you did for me. In that profound statement, he's actually saying, these people represent me. And so whatever you do for each one of them, you're actually doing for me. So we believe that worship is so key. We talk about worship. We sing our worship to God, which is our adoration towards him. And Jesus is saying, actually, what you do for the least, feed, clothing, housing through the crew, recovery programs that we're doing through Lilia Haven, that's a form of worship. But worship is key, but also discipleship is key. So we worship God as we serve the women in Lilia Haven. But we worship God also through discipling. In Matthew 28, I think it's 18 to 20, Jesus said, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you. So as we're discipling women in the ways of understanding identity and healing from trauma and all of those things that bring people into a fullness of who God created them to be, that's discipleship. That's what God's called us to. He said, go, I'm sending my Holy Spirit. Wait for the gift my Father's promised you, which is the Holy Spirit, which we see in Acts 2. So he's saying, actually go, make disciples, teach them to obey everything. I am with you. But wait, because the Holy Spirit's going to be with you. So together with Jesus, together with the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see transformation in the lives of women. So discipleship is going to happen. Think of Lilia Haven as a discipleship program that's discipling people into their true identity of who God created them to be in the fullness of relationship with him. And I really believe we're going to see transformation. I believe we're going to hear testimonies very quickly coming out of Lilia Haven. I believe we're going to have a best practice um, recovery program that people are going to come knocking on our doors saying, how did that person transform so quickly? How are they so healthy? How did they come out of the program and see their marriage restored? How did they come out and get their kids back that have been gone for years? We're going to see that as we invest. So I encourage you, get behind this. Ask God what he's willing to you to sacrifice for this and give into it. Share this with your friends. It will be up on Facebook as well, on social media. Uh, follow the Lilia Haven page. Spread that so the word can get out. We're believing for 130000 to start. We're believing for the 300000 in total for us to run the full program. There's no expectation that's going to come from our church. We are expecting that from God. So church, get behind it. Tell your friends that might want to give. Maybe you've got a business and you want to contribute more. Maybe you know people that are in business and they want to get behind transformation of people. Uh, talk to Amy or Esther. They're up the front right now. Um, talk to me when I get back from holidays in two weeks' time. Um, be backing. Come and volunteer. Come and serve. Be praying for us. There's lots of stuff going on in the world around recovery programs at the moment. So we definitely need your prayer to see us get through this and to open. Let's believe for 130,000. Let's join in faith together as we believe God for the goodness of the transformation of the women in our city and beyond. 
See you later from Busselton. Uh, I'm going to go head back to the beach. Um, but I really believe that good stuff is happening. Uh, I encourage you to talk to Amy and Esther and ask them any questions. And I'll see you when I get... Actually, I'll see you at camp. I get to move two doors down to camp. So I'll see most of you at camp. I'm looking forward to hearing the testimonies. God bless you all. G'day, Paradox family. I'm coming to you from our uh, COVID isolation bunker. Uh, stuck at home. It's been just over a week now for me. Uh, I'm I'm on the recovery, uh, but uh, not completely symptom free. So still have to stay in isolation uh, until that clears up. But hope to be uh, back with you soon. I just wanted to uh, really just add add my voice uh, to the conversation that we're having right now as a community, uh, particularly around fundraising for uh, for Lilia Haven. Uh, this really is uh, part of the fulfillment, you know, the beginning of, of the fulfillment of uh, the dream and vision that's been such a significant part of our community for the last few years. It really is one of the main reasons why we moved onto uh, this property at, uh, at 50 Road. And, and as you look around and see these buildings and this wonderful land that we were on, and it has been you know, graciously uh, provided for us to use. Uh, the church uh, didn't purchase the property. Uh, it was purchased on our behalf for us to use and has just been uh, graciously and generously uh, provided. But really, it's been a place for us to steward uh, this land in preparation for what God wants to do uh, on this place. Uh, the owners of the property have again, incredibly generously provided the finances for the renovation of all the buildings on site. And, and we've been working away at that over the last couple of years. But uh, this vision of having a, a women's life recovery program was was a vision given by God. And, and we've just been faithful to to follow his leading on that. And, and we're coming to that time where we're about to open uh, in the next couple of months. That's our hope and uh, and our expectation. Uh, but as you know, for many churches to find themselves, you know, having a facility that they can meet in week after week, and all of the uh, wonderful amenities that exist here, uh, that would have cost that church community financially to invest into that, to be paying off a mortgage, and all of the costs associated with that, and uh, we haven't had to bear that burden. Um, but I think it's really important that as we come to this stage. Of, of opening Lilia Haven, that uh, the, the blessing uh, of what has gone before us shouldn't uh, put us in a situation where we have an expectation that it won't cost us as we move forward. Uh, cost is a really great thing. Uh, cost creates ownership. Uh, cost helps us to kind of tangibly engage with what the Lord is doing. And so as we now move into this next stage and, and we're trying to raise a whole lot of money, and again, none of it is for for us personally as a community, this is an investment into people's lives that today they might know, not know the Lord. Uh, they're inevitably stuck in, in brokenness and trauma and pain. And we want to see breakthrough come uh, for many people, not just the women that will come through the program, but also for their families and generations uh, that will be impacted from that, uh, from these lives. And so I uh, just want to really encourage you to prayerfully consider the cost that the Lord is wanting you to carry in this next season, the financial cost. And again, I would hope that uh, everyone would carry a financial cost in some way. Everyone would find a way that they can invest their time, their energy, their prayer, their efforts, 
not just in the next couple of months in getting things ready and providing financially what we need to cover, uh, but also then ongoing as we uh, set up and run uh, this program, this rehabilitation program uh, for women in our community. There will be an endless amount of jobs and things to do, uh, but there is a part for all of us to play. So I just want to really encourage you as your pastor uh, to, to prayerfully consider what the Lord is asking you to commit to, uh, particularly in the area of finances. And, uh, and we are expecting that the Lord will continue to provide, continue to pour abundance upon uh, the what we give to him, our loaves and our fishes. Uh, but we're really excited about uh, the fulfillment of some of the vision that God has laid upon our community, uh, some of that responsibility for us as a community to carry. So uh, let's do this. It's exciting times. Uh, spread the word. Uh, do all that we can together to, uh, to help to carry this vision to fulfillment. So I love you, I bless you, and look forward to seeing you soon. Bye-bye. It's been a while since any of us have seen them. Uh, so that was lovely. Esther, do you want to just join me up here? This is our Esther. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> um, do watch last week if you didn't hear. It was amazing to hear Esther share from the 14-year-old girl onwards that she has been, that the Lord has put in a dream to do what she does, which is five years experience already in overseeing recovery programs. But um, since she was 14, the Lord has told her this is her life's calling. And um, then the Lord planted her amongst us. So do listen to her heart last week. It was very precious. Um, as we move into morning tea in a second, Esther can answer any questions you have, um, and but also we'll just... Um, if you can gather outside the door, she'll just take that group up um, and explain the property and the developments and take you through the rooms. Um, and did you have anything you wanted to add to anything you've heard today? I just want to clarify one thing about the finances. I think some of us will be like, I would love to give fortnightly or monthly for the next few years. And that's something we'll ask about once we're open, we'll be looking for partners. And there'll be some in this community, some out the community, some internationally who would love to be a partner. I'm going to be a partner. That's different to the 130 to 300 that we need to, to raise. And some of you might go, but I bet I could put a big amount towards the 300 if I had four months to do it. But literally, we need to only start with what we know can come in by mid-May. We can't go, oh, we can actually afford two extra staff and then literally give people contracts and then, you know, things happen in our lives and some of you might have said, but I can give more thousands next month and next month and next month and then life happens and that money doesn't end up coming in and then we have to release people from staffing roles and so we can't take a bunch of months to raise the bit that's needed to open. We literally will have just till mid-May and we're going to make big decisions mid-May based on what is sitting in the account mid-May. We're not going to open with risk and opening and then have to close everything. We're not going, we're going to be good stewards and we're not going to get staff members that we have to then release because we thought we'd get more. We're going to work with what we have by mid-May. Is that okay? And then after mid-May, should we choose to open, which we believe we will, then we'll start looking for partners that'll be fortnightly or monthly partners. And that's a whole nother kettle of fish. And that'll be part of the minimum 106 that we're looking for each year. That's the partnering one. So does that explain that? So it really is within six weeks across the world, the abundance will come because we're nearly there. So um, I haven't asked you this before, Martin and Teresa, and your kids got married this weekend and you've had an amazing big weekend and congratulations to the wedding. 
But I wonder if maybe the two of you and Rod could just hang around here for anyone who actually just needs some prayer. Is that all right? Because I was going to oversee that time, but I might just release myself to answer some questions about Esther House. So I'm just going to hover in morning tea if you've got questions about this. Know that if you want to see our budget, you're welcome to see our budget. We will have our finances public all the time. The budget is so long. It's so in-depth. Every dollar counted it was linked to something we researched and got a bottom dollar for and it's pages and pages and pages worth there's been no guesstimating um but you're welcome to look in, into anything that um we've we've spent weeks on um so yeah esther will just meet with a group outside the foyer if you'd like to go on a tour and i'll hang out in the foyer if you want questions or concerns or anything um and if you want some prayer we'll leave some okay so this is the last sunday we're meeting for a few weeks did you know that? So remember the announcements are next weekend it's Easter. So Friday night here for a little worship time. And then Sunday morning, what time's our Sunday gathering next Sunday? 6 a.m. down in Rockingham, um, up Point Perrin to watch the sunrise. We'll take the flags. We'll take um, communion. We'll worship the, the Lord up there at six with hot cross buns. Bring your own coffee with you. Um, and so no gathering here that morning. And then the weekend after is our camp. So we'll have a time of worship that Sunday morning at camp just for an hour. Um, so just know there's no Sunday services for the next two weeks. And then the one after that is Jennifer's. It's been so long. So just know the morning is open to our family, um, really only. That's about as much as we can fit in. But the evening has still got a few $20 tickets left at six o'clock in the evening. So do come to both because that's going to be a power time. That's going to be awesome and encouraging. And that'll launch us into the, the next month where things will be happening. So bless you. Uh, thank you for your hearts and listening today and, um, and amazing parents who've had the kiddies all this time. And enjoy a cuppa together and looking forward to meeting new faces. Thank you. And if you want to sign up for Jennifer Eva, as you can see Lindley at the info table. The ways to give are on this form. You can follow the QR code by holding your camera over it on your phone and it'll take you to our website and all the giving details and ways to do that are there. There's a credit card way to do, uh, which will work, I think, in two more days. They needed the time frame of all of our policies and procedures to know that we were safe. So that'll open, I think, by Tuesday. Bless you. Thank you.